Hello, and welcome to Songwriters Spotlight, the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative Series. I'm Dr. Dan, your host of the show, where we feature Western Mass songwriters who perform their original songs and talk about the art of songwriting. Stay tuned to explore more about music and the tunesmithing that creates it. Our featured songwriter on this episode is Ralph Carson, whose driving vocals and guitar are strongly flavored by his Oklahoma roots. Have a listen to some great music and lots of stories from Ralph Carson. This is a song called Oklahoma Girl, about a friend of mine that I knew growing up in college. Well, I can tell by how she kisses that she baits her own hook. She's an Oklahoma girl. When she shoots, she never misses, and she doesn't even look. She's an Oklahoma girl. She could ford the Red River, and her saddle would stay dry. She could bust a bucking bronco that you wouldn't even try. You can hug her, you can kiss her, never make her cry. She's an Oklahoma girl. She'll dip her Copenhagen and she'll dip a little skull Cause she's an Oklahoma girl She's got a 30 out 6 and a compound bow Cause she's an Oklahoma girl She got her first beer before she was in her teens She's looking mighty fine in those bootcut jeans You know she means just what she says and says just what she means Cause she's an Oklahoma girl Somewhere west of Tulsa Somewhere north of Old Fort Sill She's trying to find herself a cowboy man enough But I'll bet that she never will Cause she's an Oklahoma girl Mash her own whiskey and brew her own beer Cause she's an Oklahoma girl She could turn a raging bull into a starry-eyed steer She's an Oklahoma Now you can go and love her if you're man enough to try If your balls are big as church bells, your heart's too hard to fry You better hold on to your Stetson if you're waiting to reply From an Oklahoma Somewhere north of Lake Texoma, a little south of the Kansas line. A cowboy stand in the saddle, boys, that's the boat she's trying to find. She's an Oklahoma girl. Oklahoma girl, yes indeed. About my my friend Robin from that I knew in uh, at the end of high school and in college. Not all all together true, sort of a composite of some different people I knew down there. Well, I think I'm gonna do a song that I uh, just recently completed. It's hopefully sort of an explanation about. So I've lived mo more than half my life in New England, but the first uh, big portion of it was in Oklahoma, and this is a. Uh, Sort of an explanation about that. 
that Mason and Dixon don't mean nothing to me. Well, it's okay in Oklahoma, but I had to get away. I knew I would die if I didn't live free. I'd never trade this verdant valley view for that plaintive prairie that I once knew. I'm just an Okie from Muskogee hiding in these Massachusetts hills. I traded Tony Lama snakeskin boots for Birkenstock clogs. Got an adopted gluten intolerant kitty cat instead of my well-heeled retriever dog. It was pearl snap buttons and bolo ties. Now it's L.L. Bean slacks and shirts with polo guys. I'm an Okie from Okmulgee, hiding in these Massachusetts hills. I was flatland, red sand, dust bowl, and pilgrim, a stranger in a strange new land. Now I'm a hilltop, apple crop, sugar bush, Yankee. At least I'm trying to fit in as best as I can. Well, any fool can flip a silver dollar. Sometimes it'll land on its edge. I call these sacred hills my home, and I rest on that rocky ledge. I can wade in the water and it never runs dry When the green goes golden red, the glory makes me cry I'm just an Okie from Oak Fusky Hiding in these Massachusetts hills I ain't no red voting, gun-toting, Bible-thumping hypocrite Tell me about what's right and wrong I'm a wood-burning, taciturn, maple-tapping daddy But I still got an ear for a sad country song no, that Mason and Dixon don't mean nothing to me. This is a song, it probably needs a really long explanation. When I was a kid, uh, my grandfather came and lived with us for a while. And uh, I didn't really understand why, because I already had a couple of grandfathers. Turns out that, you know, my step-grandfather, Ralph, who I'm named for, was not my real grandfather. My real grandfather had been, uh, all we knew about him, that he'd been in jail, and that here he was, staying with us. And so uh, there'd been a rumor that he knew Bonnie and Clyde, and a rumor that he'd been in, uh, in the federal penitentiary. So I wrote a song about those rumors, about some other family stories we'd heard about him. And then later on, I come to find the truth that, the, that he was, uh, in 1936, he was um, arrested for, uh, for murder. He'd been, uh, he had been an outlaw since the 1932 when he walked away from my, my dad's family. My dad was just two. And he uh, was always uh, some sort of an outlaw, but he got uh, put in jail for bank robbery and then uh, was escaping and killed a sheriff's deputy and then got put in the Arkansas State Prison Farm. And he escaped from that after 12 years and got caught in Oklahoma, got put in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. And then in the mid-60s, he finally got out and after getting caught robbing a, a grocery store there in Muskogee. But he uh, came to live with us. And I didn't know any of that stuff at the time, but I, I kept the original song the way it was, just with the rumors. I thought it was better than, I'll have to write one about the real story sometime. This is uh, called Death of a Dust Bowl Desperado. Well, my daddy's daddy knew Bonnie and Clyde down there in North Little Rock, Arkansas. He liked his cocaine, but he loved that morphine and he hated the badge of the law. 
But he hated that badge of the law He married my grandma She was but 15 There ain't no shotgun involved So they say Just a sweet country girl Gone a little bit wild When the world let my grandpa astray Yeah, the world let my grandpa Oklahoma they settled, but it didn't last long. What with old granddaddy's wandering high. He ran off with this Chickasaw woman from Ardmore. Grandmother never did cry. Never saw my grandmother cry. Oh, in a red dirt poor dust bowl. Soul. A tornado, it can pluck you right out of a crowd Chunk you in a hot frying pan My granddaddy, he found out up there in Leavenworth prison Just what walls can mean to a man What walls mean to a wandering man When he got out, he married At least nine more times He's just putting down roots wherever he could but his life on the edge and his craving for danger left him lost and forgotten for good. He was lost and forgotten for good. Till one day he showed up on our old front porch when I was about eight or ten. He was still in his fifties, but looking past eighty, my mama said, Let the man in. My daddy said, Where the hell is he? It was a twin bed, not four feet away. The night he borrowed my mama's car, drive on downtown to get his medicine fresh every day. He said his medicine had made him this way. One night he cracked up my mama's old Buick. Guess that was just the final straw. My folks made him leave, and he never said goodbye. We heard he died. Died back in Arkansas. I recall what he looked like. I pretend that I knew him. Hell, I was only a child. So I conjure up this image from conjecture and rumor of a man with a heart that went wild. I guess that his soul just went. song uh, that started off to be a song about um, building guitars. 
and ended up, of course, you know, being about death, as, as, as the songs tend to drift. Reserve your rosewood for your sides and backs. Save your cedar for a top you pray don't crack. Tag tag your maple for your mandolins. No clear spruce is going to clear away my sins. And when it's time for me to meet my Lord, make my box out of plain pine board. Abalone, no mother of pearl, no precious inlay when they lay me out of this world. Just keep it naked and unadorned, like that cold winter's day that I was born. And when it's time for me to meet my Lord, make my box out of plain. I'm bored. Just joint those boards somewhat close to square. Cause I might be watching and I still might care. Cut only once. But measure twice when I cut out for paradise. And when it's time for me to meet my Lord, you make my box out of plain pine board. Yes, when it's time for me to meet my Lord, make my box. Garden My Patch. And winter's chill is gone for good and bud form on the trees. David Hayes, the weather nut, he predicts our final freeze. I'm gonna set my seedlings in the ground, hold my hopes up high. So you know my crop will grow and during my watchful eye, I'm guarding my patch. Protecting my investment, making my Ain't nobody gonna take it away, I'm watching them hatch. Gonna sleep out there in my pup tent, that dog gonna get toasted, cause my land here's posted. I'm guarding my patch. Just a few short years ago, this jerk from down the hill cross trained his old bear dog to sniff out my sense of mill. He waited till September when the red was on the green. Ran that hound up to my place and he picked my pockets clean. I'm guarding my patch. 
Protecting my investment, making my stash. Ain't nobody gonna take it away, I'm watching the hack. You wanna sleep out there in my pub then that dog gonna get toasted cause my land here's hosted. I'm guarding my Just last year, this punk-ass kid who lives across the road Took my best eight-footers just to lighten up my load But if he tries that trick again, well, he's surely gonna fail Cause I'm loading up my 12-gauge pump with old rock salt and nails I'm guarding my patch Protecting my investment, making my stash Ain't nobody gonna take it away, I'm watching them hatch Sleeping in my pup tent, that dog gonna get toasted Cause my land is posted I'm guarding my patch. Clearing by the orchard, put in about a hundred plants. When the planes fly slow, I just about piss my pants. And if the bugs and slugs and thugs and such only stay away, take my chances with the locals and the DEA. I'm guarding my Staying posted, I'm guarding my path. Make a little bit cash, make a little bit stash. Garden of my path. Here's a song about. Uh, I used to go down to this place in uh, South Texas, the Santa Ana Wildlife Refuge, where the whooping birds go in the in the winter time. There's also, you know, lots of other cool birds down there, but there's, um, it's also one of the places where the, the warblers stop when they're coming across the Gulf of Mexico. So there's a, often a big, a whole bunch of, you know, the migrating warblers all at the same time. So it's a pretty neat place to go in the early spring. <clears throat> this is a song that's sort of about that. South Texas, the new days of spring. The gods they send a gift with the songs that they sing. Their journey is hard, the way it is long, but it's like a revival when I hear their song. And it's sweet, 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 sweeter than sweet. Welcome back, brother. It's please, please, please to meet you. Oh, sing me a hymn, fill my heart once again. The songbirds must find a new home. Up in the morning, the first crack of light, a quick flash of yellow catches my sight. I'll bend my ear to that beckoning call They're just passing through Maybe see you next fall And it's sweet, 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 sweeter than sweet Welcome back, brother It's please, please, please to meet you Sing me a hymn, fill my heart once 
found a new home These days the warblers are getting harder to hear The ranks they are thinning year after year We've been duly warned of a sad silent spring We'll be left with just the memories of the songs that they sing Sweet, 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 sweeter than sweet Welcome, rank stranger It's pleased, please, please to meet you Oh, sing me a hymn Fill my heart once again The songbirds have found a new That one's called For the Songbirds. Ralph, I really enjoyed that music. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you. That was very fun to, to, to do that and to, to play in front of you. It's, it's, it's odd to play in front of people, you know, in, in general for me at all. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, some, some great songs. Uh, very enjoyable. Interesting. A lot, of, a lot of things to think about in, in your songs. I, that was really terrific. So how long have you been writing songs? Well, I started. I wrote a few in college in the in the '70s and stuff, but nothing that I really, you know, felt like I would keep little love songs to girlfriends and things and stuff. And but mostly, I would just try to, you know, learn songs to to play at parties and things in college. But then I really started writing some when I moved to the Boston area in the '80s and started to write, you know, write about things that were happening to me as I moved up here and things that were happening in my life. Mm -hmm. Started to play more often at home and would uh, you know, try to get things down on paper and actually turn them into a song every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Did you uh, get inspiration from the uh, people of the music scene in Boston? Yeah, there was quite a bit of, uh, especially the live music and getting to go see really cool live music at some of the neat clubs that were there, the Jonathan Swifts. And you know, from, coming from Oklahoma, I was uh, impressed with the. Uh, you know, caliber of live music you could get in Boston versus Oklahoma. You know, I could, mm. you know, the same night I could go see The Cars and then go see Doc Watson and, wow. you know, this on the, not on the same bill, but in the <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you pal around with other songwriters? Not really pal around, no. I, I met a couple of interesting people just from hanging out at this place called The Plow and Stars, this uh, little Irish pub and. Cambridge, I met uh, Mark Sandman of, of Morphine and of Treater Wright. He would hang out and we'd discuss, we talked about country music, oddly enough. And another fellow named uh, John Lincoln Wright, who was a local country musician, mm -hmm. I would just chat with him. I, I wouldn't say we were friends, but we were, it, was, it was nice to meet some of the local, you know, famous musicians at the time and just hang, get to hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... The, what is your reason for writing songs? I think mostly as a, sort of as a catharsis, a way to get emotions out. And you know, like a lot of the songs I write aren't necessarily for to be played in public or to be even shared. They're more just, you know, sort of a vent. And I tried to play one of those earlier and was, didn't, didn't, like the way it was coming out, so I decided not to play that one today. But um, also sometimes just if, if I get a, 
a memory or an idea in my head, I'll just have that'll just sort of develop into a thing, and I can't just can't stop, and it sort of just comes out on its own. You know, there's not a why to it; it just sort of <laughs> erupts on its own. Wow. Okay. So, uh, do you have uh, people who've inspired you to write songs? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Like that, especially like the Texas singer-songwriters of my generation, the you know Guy Clark and. Lyle Lovett and Robert Earl Keane, Steve Earle, especially James McMurtry is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Willie Nelson, you know, the <laughs> star-studded group. People like that. Those are my the people I really think are great. Fred Eagle Smith, mm -hmm. I like him a lot. I admire what they can, how they can craft a song and make it seem, you know, sort of uh, homey and vernacular, even though it's pretty complicated and and very literate. Mm. People like John Priner were, yep. were wonderful at that, masters of that. Mm -hmm. And you enjoy stories in your songs. Yes, very much so. Mm. Yeah. But I think some of my uh, song ideas come from just reading a novel or, or even history and stuff. You get a little snippet of a, of a thing and that sort of turns into a, a tale of a, of a song. Well, your grandfather, for example. Right, right. Yeah. It's a good example. It also, I enjoyed the way you depicted sort of like what Arkansas and Oklahoma were, were like back in the 30s. It was, it was pretty wild. It was pretty, there. yeah. My dad was born in Arkansas in 1930. And then you know, his father ran off when he was two and became an outlaw. And then you know, my mom was raised in South Texas and was born in 33. She still, she's, uh, she'll turn 90 next month. Mm. And so she was, you know, a Dust Bowl kid as well, and we grew up with, you know, that those tales. And in Oklahoma, it was still, it was, you know, the the supposed depression was over by the '50s, but it was still pretty hard mm. scrabble and, and dry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, give us a description of what your songs are, are about uh, or what they're like. Hmm. Well, I guess they're little snippets into. My emotions, I'm, yeah, I normally don't, I'm not real effusive with my emotions normally in, in public. And I think that's a way to, to get that out. Mm. That's sort of what they're about. They're little, like I say, little, little windows mm -hmm. <laughs> into somebody without being too, you know, letting too much out. Mm -hmm. I, I think of Mason and Dixon, there's, there's a message there, <laughs> but it's... It's, it's wrapped up in a song. Right, right. Yeah. Like my, my feeling, like the, the, any fool can flip a silver dollar and sometimes it'll land on its edge. I mean, I, I sort of have, I feel this dichotomy hmm. of which way am I going to land? You know, am I really a southerner or a northerner? And, you know, I've always sort of kept that, mm -hmm. that dual personality. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like you have some of that too, as well. I do. Yeah. 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 It's it's sometimes uh, you got to play it yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Come to terms with it. <laughs> so when when you write, uh, what what is your process? Well, I don't usually sit down and try to write a song. What'll happen is that uh, uh, a phrase or a rhyme or something or an event or something either something that I think is clever or meaningful. I'll, I'll write that down, and then I'll try to maybe make a cup, make that into a couplet. So, like you know, think of the the most interesting word in it. Try to rhyme something to that, maybe, 
and come up with a little two-line idea. And usually from that, I'll think of you know, something that'll start to develop into a, a, a chorus that goes with that. I'll think of a cadence that'll come. You know, I don't really have uh, notes per se in mind yet, but more of just a cadence of the, the meter of the song and like where the, the architecture of it is sort of first. And then I kind of fill in the words later. And, and sometimes it takes a long time to, you know, I'll just you know, abandon a whole structure Mm-hmm. If I don't feel like it's filling in well, sort of like doing a crossword puzzle in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do you keep these snippets? Um, usually in my head. Some of them are written down on various little pieces of paper, or just like I have a pad that I write down lots of things on. When I travel, I drive down to Texas once or twice a year, and when I go down there, I keep a pad next to me and write down. Thoughts, ideas, things, just real little, you know, but sometimes just words or a pair of words that might rhyme. I think, oh, that'd be interesting in a song or something like that. Or, or I hear something interesting on the radio and it'll turn into a. But that's where the Mason and Dixon song sort of came from was, was I crossed the Mason Dixon line and mm. thought of that and I'd, you know, I was like, oh, here I am on the. <laughs> right. So it's more than just. Good grits versus mm-hmm. not so good grits. It's right. A lot of other things involved. <laughs> yeah, I, I refer to it as a grits line too. <laughs> but uh, so um, your, your guitar does a lot of talking too. I, I see how it <laughs> augments the the cadence, the melodies, and so on. Um, it, that comes after you've put together some words. Yeah, usually, usually mm-hmm. I come, I get the with the beat of the song and sort of the tempo, or, or sometimes I change the tempo even, but more the, like I said, the structure of it. And then try to figure out what, whether it should be in a, you know, major or minor keys. And I, I'm not much of a guitar player, so I kind of have to limit myself to the, the chords I know. So I kind of keep, you know, shape it around mm-hmm. the, the basics. Well, you have a hard time convincing a lot of people about your inability to play guitar, but I'll take your word for it. Yes. Um, so, the do you do much editing on your songs? Uh, usually none once they're written down. Mm-hmm. Once I finally flesh it out onto a piece of paper or whatever, that's usually it. Sometimes I'll go back and you know, change a word or a little piece of it, but usually it's, no, I don't really do any editing at all. Mm-hmm. Just let them stand. And like I should rewrite that song about my grandfather because the, you know, he's not <laughs> the one that went off and, ma- and got married, you know, at least nine more times. That was actually my grandmother's mother, Bibi, who did that. But that was, it was I, I confused it in my childhood memories of, of a different elder that did that. Mm. Sounds so, like another song. So a whole nother, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a whole nother, and I have bits of that already started. You know. Oh, okay, I look forward to hearing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> wow, great, great. So um, so you, you pal around nowadays with, with a lot of songwriters. I do, and, like you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so um, what, what do you, suggest to people, you know, aspiring songwriters or even veteran songwriters? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not much of a, I should, for giving advice to other people who are, who, I'm not, I'm pretty, I'm pretty novice at this, I consider myself. But 
I guess a thing would be to, uh, if you see a phrase or a, just a, even if you're reading a novel or history and you see some interesting use of words, you know, you can steal that. Just the, you know, like the, you know, using, picking to use a word like, um, oh, I don't know. What's one that I just used in my, uh, but to pick out a little piece of a phrase that mm -hmm. is, you know, that you find interesting. And then work on that. And, and then work around, right. Or, mm -hmm. And also to look at uh, obituaries. Mm. There's always great little stories. Uh, uh, Peter Nelson, I think, might even have a whole song about obituary you know, mm. and, and things that happen. In, but those are, those are great you know, places to look for songs. Another thing would be to, uh, if you're going to try to write a song, to think of it in three stages, like uh, a, a timeline. Mm. You know, an early, middle, late, or even reverse those. Like, you know, that's another way, I think, of coming up with a simple, you know, if you're trying to, you know, what happened before. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, reverse timeline. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so you you see it basically as a hobby. You don't you don't have a oh, career yeah, in mind. No, no, not, yeah. definitely not. It's more of just a, a yeah thing to do mm -hmm. off to the side. Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't, I don't know. It's a, I think it would be hard for me to try to make a living at it. Mm -hmm. It's a grind. Just because people yeah. I know who. Who pursue who, it? Who, yes, yeah. I, see, I see people that try to do it professional as a profession, and it seems you know. I think you need someone else to do that part for you. As a, 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 any artist, I think needs you know, if they want to be a really, if they want to do it financially and still preserve their art, is to let someone else mm. <laughs> take over the financial and you know, commercial part of it and let them do that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. If Unfortunately, right. there's, there's not a lot there's of people. There's not a lot of, right. right. <laughs> you know, outside of Colonel Parker, uh, right. um, which I'm the, not the, sure the he The patron, the Patreon account. Yeah, right. So um, anything else you want to uh, leave with our audience? Uh, any other thoughts about music or songwriting? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just want to, I want to thank my, uh, my brother-in-law, Cliff, for taking me to my first bluegrass festival when I was about 13. Mm -hmm. He took me up to the Winfield, Kansas National Bluegrass uh, Guitar Championship, the Flat Picking Championship, and the, which is amazing. And <laughs> we saw Mark O'Connor win it as a, as a young teenager. Mm -hmm. And it was as he'd already been the National Fiddle Championship champion two times, and he decided to enter the, the guitar contest that year. And the judges were Norman Blake, Doc Watson, and Dan Crary. And the thing I most remember was that we were sitting around at the campfires at, you know, after the show's over, and the camaraderie and the group of people that, you know, sharing guitars, passing instruments around, and sharing songs, and moving from campsite to campsite, that really stuck with me. And that's, I think, really what pushed me to... Yeah, to like acoustic music and to play, mm -hmm. play guitar. So I want to say thanks to Cliff. Yeah, and and it got you to some open mics in Boston. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a, 
a great way to experience music, to be sure. Yeah, I used to go to a few. I finally got up the gumption to go to some open mics in when I was living in Boston. Mm -hmm. I tried that a couple times and with my friend John, who uh, lives out here in Buckland now. He's a great guitar player as well. So mm -hmm. One of the few people I still get together and play with every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you so much for thank sharing you, your music Thank you and so much thoughts. for doing this. I really appreciate your... You're very welcome. Right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Thanks for watching our show. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative, promoting the original music scene in Western Massachusetts. If you want to learn more about the WMSC, go to their Facebook page. Thanks for watching. I'm Dr. Dan. I hope you'll tune in again for the show that puts a spotlight on songwriters. <laughs>